welcome to Sword Art Illusions. We are covering the new movie Downton Abbey, A New Era. Longtime Ian Thomas Malone fans know that I have been covering Downton Abbey since about 2014. Written a lot of articles. We have on this show, we covered when uh, the first movie came out in 2019. And uh, we did an episode last year called Character Study on uh, Thomas Barrow. And we've been meaning to do a lot more of those. The programming for uh, this year for Estrada Illusions has... Uh, we haven't done as many as I would like, but uh, there are a couple other characters I'd love to revisit. Now we have a new movie to talk about. And uh, I've posted my review in the episode description. Ugh, you see, the last the last time we did the when we did the episode for the first movie, it was a joyous time. I really I love the movie. It hit all the right notes. This hit. Uh, I gotta say, it hit probably about twenty five percent of the right notes. It had of the two major major plot lines. Uh, one of them was an absolute turd, and the other was pretty good. This episode will have spoilers for the whole movie, so don't listen to this episode unless you've seen the movie or if you don't care about the spoilers. Uh, up to you, but you've been warned. This is a spoiler-heavy episode. And I guess the point of my frustration for this as as a as a movie was that, in a lot of ways, it, it kind of just felt like it was the finale part two. The first Downton Abbey movie felt kind of like, okay, this is, this is an added bonus. This is an epilogue. The king is coming to Downton. Here's a nice, big, cinema-style plotline which is fun, and it gets to kind of function as an extended version of the show. We've got the servants going around, doing their thing. They've locked uh, the, the king's valet in his cupboard. They drugged the chef, and now everybody gets to do all of that, and it's all fun. It's really fun to give a guy sleeping pills and to lock somebody in a room, I guess. <laughs> no, it's fine. I've seen, the, I've seen the movie probably ten times since it, since it uh, first premiered, and I, I really do love it. I think it was... Uh, hit all the right notes, and it found things for people to do. A new era, for whatever reason, decided that not only does everybody from all the principals from the show, with the big exception of Henry Talbot, and I'm sure we'll talk about, a lot about him later, but it also it decided, hey, we need Lady Rosamond, Robert's sister, to come back. We need Mr. Mason to come back. And I actually, I mean, I think Mr. Mason is a pretty solid character over the years, Lady Rosamond. Samantha Bond, the actress, decided that she was going to walk from the series in season six unless she got more of a plot line. So she's in about half of those episodes. And normally she probably made like one or two appearances, maybe three a season. Not, not, not a ton. But she's in it more than she probably should be. And, I mean, that show business, sometimes, you know, you want a character for one episode and they don't want to just do one. And you can either, you know, tell them tough or you can accommodate them. And I guess, you know, Samantha Bond and Julian Fellows, the writer and creator of Downton, were both in Golden... I, they probably knew each other. I mean, this is show business. You have to find... It, it makes sense that a movie like Down Abbey, A New Era, would go out of its way to try and figure out things to do for all of the people who were in the show because they're the ones who have put in all the work. And uh, for a movie, you know, they want their screen time. That That's understandable from a show business perspective. But from our perspective, from the viewers, from people who have to sit and watch a movie... I mean, this was kind of like a two-hour... It was way It was way too just all over the place. You have... So the core plot line is basically divided into two... Basically two big sections with a couple subplots in between. You have uh, 
the the dowager countess is gifted a mysterious villa from a guy that she had spent time with uh, 70 years prior they don't talk she thinks it was a joke that she was gifted this villa but this marquis in uh, france he dies and she's very sick from this illness that has never been described it was you know, that we had the scene with her and Lady Mary at the end of the first film where she's like, I'm dying, I've lived a long and interesting life, I'm ready, it's my time. She's still around and she's dying in the next one, and we all love Maggie Smith. But I think it probably, in hindsight, with the way that the film worked, it probably would have been smarter to kill her off in between the two and just move on with literally a new era, because this wasn't really a new era. This was kind of tying up loose ends that had kind of all been tied together. We Season 6 spent a lot of time wrapping things up. They even really started in the fifth season, you know, with Bates. Uh, the, they were buying property. Pat Moore and Mrs. Hughes and Mr. Carson were buying property. Everybody everybody has been kind of preparing for the end since season, tail end of Season 5, and then all of a sudden we, we have a whole season where we're having everybody kind of prepare to wrap things up, and then for whatever reason, this movie decides that it's going to spend most of its third act wrapping things up again. And it's unfathomable that this will be the final Downton Abbey movie. This property is worth too much money for them to just go away. Obviously, we're going to get more Downton Abbey at some point. So I I, I just couldn't understand it. But so the Dowager gets this mystery villa, 70-year-old. I mean, seriously, who... Who just gets gifted random properties in the south of France that they haven't visited in 70 years? It, that's ridiculous. I mean, whatever. It's a soap opera. Okay, fine. If it's a fun plot line, whatever. But Robert has to lead a party there basically because they have to give something for uh, a lot of the people to do. Namely, I mean, last movie, Bertie, you know, Lord Hexby, Bertie Pelham... Is he has to go on this tour with the the Prince of Wales and Edith's pregnant, and that's like a big plot line. Now, you know, he's because he, he was so busy with all of his uh, work on behalf of of the crown and the king. Now they're they're so bored. He's a he himself is a marquis. They are so bored that they have nothing else to do. They have to go and uh, Lady Bagshaw, played by uh, Amelda Stoughton, she has to go. She's married to uh, Carson in real life. I don't know, maybe... I guess she had to come back. Lucy marries Tom. The Dowager Countess decides that Sibby, because, uh, you know, Tom's children with Lucy will inherit since Sibby will get nothing. I guess she's gifted the villa, putting aside the fact that, you know, uh, Edith also has a child who won't inherit the giant estate thing. We don't have... We don't, you know, Marigold is there. I, I don't know. None of it, none of it makes a ton of sense. Um, it's, this, it's just, I mean, whatever. Julian Fellows, a lot of these plot lines are, they regurgitate stuff. I mean, I literally, in this movie, I know we're bouncing all over the place. And maybe that's a little, uns- I, this movie's a mess, frankly. It's very hard to tackle linearly. When... Cora announces that she has a mystery illness to Robert, and they're in the south of France, and he starts crying. I literally, I was biting my lip. I was cracking up in the theater. And nobody, nobody was gushing. I mean, nobody was upset or anything, because this movie's pacing was so scattershot, so all over the place, that 
Like, it comes out of nowhere, and it's obvious that she's just got this illness because this film has nothing else for anybody to do. That's why Edith and Bertie have to go to France. Carson has to go to France. They, they get invited to a villa, and they bring him along so that he can serve the villa. Even though they're guests, he is dressed like a butler wearing a tire that's way too hot for France, and that, that that's a plot line that gets a few scenes dedicated to it. It's, it's very ridiculous. Including including a, a scene in, in, a, in a hat shop, which I think is basically just so that the, the, the Jim Carter and Imelda Staunton can, can share a scene together because they're married in real life. I mean, that, that's kind of where this movie's at. You know, the people go to the France basically so they can get away from the the film's other plot line, which is they're filming a movie at Downton. Now that's actually an interesting plot line. Mary, I mean, it mirrors Highkiller High Castle's real real life, you know, great house, great country house that has been floated for years, for decades, really. By it's a filming location. Uh, Jeeves and Worcester filmed there. The when Stephen Fry and. Uh, Hugh Laurie did their uh, adaptation. That's, I mean, I wouldn't want to say that's the first. That's that was uh, very before Downton Abbey. That was a well-known thing that it shot there. And Highclere Castle, point being, is used for filming a lot. Obviously, most notably for actually Downton Abbey. So it's a nice little you know Easter egg mirroring. You know, the fiction is mirroring history. That's a lot of fun, Mary. Michelle Dockery kind of carries the movie in a lot of ways. Lady Mary is predictably kind of the the rock. She, I mean, the the show's been setting her up as the true heir apparent to the Dowager Countess's wit for a long time now, and it's it's kind of nice to see that come to fruition. the The odd point is that Henry Talbot, her husband, I mean, I I think in hindsight, I Matthew Good, I've had a crush on him for about fifteen years now, maybe. Yeah, that's probably about right. I think he's really since the probably the 2008 Watchmen movie where he played Ozzy Diaz, I, I thought he was spectacular. I think he's great. So, and the only reason I bring that up is, I, I it's it's impossible to look at his casting as Henry Talbot in the season, the penultimate episode of series five, and not think it was a mistake to cast this guy because he's never been around. I mean. They kept him out of the first couple episodes of season six and le- left Mary in this kind of weird holding pattern. She, you know, she had Charles Blake and Lord Gillingham before. Now he's he he made a brief cameo in the first movie and he's not even around in this one. And the Dowager dies. He's not at the funeral. It's so stupid. It's so stupid that he was even cast at all. Because now Mary has to be kind of... It's like she's a widow again. And we're like, what's the point? She's married. The guy's never around. And now she can't have... Uh, you know that that that's kind of like this this thing that's that's just weighing over her plot line with um so they bring this production crew and it's kind of a mess because it's a it's a silent film and talkies are coming this is 1928 and uh Jack Barber who's played by Hugh Dancy who's probably most well known for playing uh Will Graham in the uh, Hannibal television show about Hannibal Lecter which is a fabulous fabulous show that I've written about so he, Jack Barber, is the director, and basically the the other two noteworthy characters, the newcomers, are uh, Laura Haddock plays uh, Mima Dag- Dag- Daglish, who is uh, got a very unappealing accent. You know, doesn't have the kind of transatlantic accent that the old time films use. Her accent is very, uh, let's just say, unrefined. Uh, Mary ends up actually replacing her. 
as the voice, and, and that's actually, I mean, that's it's it's an interesting plot line. I think that the the film went out of its way to to hype her up as somebody who was rude to the servant, you know, movie star type kind of person. But the film needs villains, kind of like how the South of France has, uh, you know, unnecessary villains in the form of, uh, you know, the Marquis' uh, wife who really hates it. You know what? Uh, a property gets gets don't gets given to somebody who hasn't been there in seventy years. Who yeah, yeah. the whole is Robert a bastard plotline? That's very stupid. That's an aside. Uh, we're talking about the film plotline. Uh, Dominic West as Guy Dexter is the lead lead actor in the film. I mean, I love Dominic West. I'll always love him from The Wire. Uh, he was also in The Affair, which got really you know it, they actually kind of cancel each other out because they're they're one is really good and the other is really really bad. <laughs> gets gets really bad at least. I don't know. I mean, that that plot line was very interesting. They found interesting things for the servants to do, for the most part, while they were, you know, the ones who were still at Downton, you know, who weren't dragged to France. I mean, it's so... At, at least the film didn't really... One thing I dislike about Julian Fellows' writing, I mean... They had to mention in, like, three separate scenes, you know, why is Carson coming? Well, you know, you've got to make him feel useful, papa. That's what Lady Mary says to Robert. And, yeah, it's pretty stupid. Why is he coming? I, I don't know. You know, the Bates is... I, I, I frankly, I, I've literally written an article called I Hate Mr. Bates. I really hate him. Uh, thankfully, they don't really have much to do. We've done a character study on Thomas Barrow. He has kind of a... Well, not kind of. I mean... It's a big deal that he's leaving Downton so that he can be, like, a valet to an actor who is uh, kind of in a state of uncertainty with his own career being uh, a, a talkie or a silent film actor trying to transition to a talkie. Now, the film set up Guy Dexter as somebody who would probably be able to make that transition, but I don't know. It's kind of odd. Barrow, Barrow's whole arc is, I'm going to leave Downton. I'm going to leave Downton. He... Four of the six seasons of Downton Abbey have a is Thomas Barrow going to leave Downton plotline. The first, the second, the third, and then the sixth. The fourth and the fifth do not, where he's under Butler. And actually, this movie, when he's going through, I was, uh, he's like, I started off Hallboy, uh, Footman, first Footman, Valet, and finally Butler. He actually skipped. He was under Butler. The script screwed up on that. And uh, I don't want to say it was a plot hole, but there was another point where they're talking to the actors, and they're like, it must be hard remembering the lines, but it's a... Uh, they're supposed to be in the silent film era, so I wonder if that screenplay was maybe a bit lazy. I don't know. That's a little... I don't want to get too nitpicky, but, um... I I usually tend to describe Julian Fellows as somebody whose uh, screenwriting abilities are generally dependent on how much he can steal from Upstairs, Downstairs. I mean, if you watch the original 60s Upstairs, Downstairs... Down Abbey borrowed basically the entire premise. They borrowed so many of the plot lines, and you know what? Down Abbey's a great show. I've I I'm not rag I'm not really ragging on it in that regard, but I mean, if you've just watched the Gilded Age that that just came out, it's it's really it's it's not that good, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he wasn't able to take from upstairs downstairs. And if you don't believe me, honestly, just it's on BritBox. It's six bucks for the month. Why don't you get it? Watch upstairs, downstairs, and tell me I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. But the movie, I mean, the movie plotline was fun. They got to do something new. This is something the show hasn't done before. They bring a film set. That's very entertaining. Hugh Dancy was great. Dominic West was great. 
Laura Haddock was great. I mean, it 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 was it was entertaining. And Mr. Mosley got to be scriptwriter. Is that ridiculous? Uh, I mean, I I work in entertainment. It's honestly, it's actually probably it's it's not ridiculous at all. Uh, there are a lot of idiots who who get screenwriting jobs. I mean, I just reviewed the Uncharted movie. Uh, that that screenwriter probably made six figures for something that that really was a steaming pile of crap. Julian Fellows probably made too much money for this script, which he phoned in. But uh, hey, I mean, it was it, it. There are entertaining bits. I actually, the thing that probably solidified my negative review is I, I was I was kind of getting bored. And, and that's unthinkable as somebody I've seen Downton so many times. I, you know, I tend to fast forward. When I do a rewatch, I tend to fast forward through, like, if you're watching season four, Edith scenes with uh, that Michael Gregson, I mean, that's just really, it's very boring. The Ethel Isabel Crawley stuff in season three is very boring. Uh, Robert's uh, affair with uh, Jane, the, the maid, while, while the war is going on. I mean, some of these, and, and it, every plot line involving the Bateses and a murder. There's many. There's John Bates for an innocent man. I mean, boy, is he accused of murder a lot. He's he's accused of murder very frequently. He wasn't accused of murder here, and he, coincidentally, perhaps not so coincidentally, he didn't have anything to do because he, had, he there wasn't anybody for him to kill. Uh, and I don't know. Frankly, I mean, if if Robert if Robert's so worried about potentially being a bastard and having a brother, I mean, maybe it would have. I mean, Bates was there. It was probably a missed opportunity to have Bates go and kill somebody. <laughs> I mean, mostly the screenwriter was fun. Uh, having the servants play the extras, getting them to dress up and sit at the table. I mean, that's that toward the end. That's fan service, but it's not. It's not the worst kind of fan service because it's something. I mean, we've waited a long time to see that. Uh, fine. I mean, it, it was. It was. It, there was a charm to it that I really enjoyed. And all the Lady Mary reading. Is it ridiculous that you know a, a woman in England is doing that kind of stuff? Um, you know, somebody of high society. Yeah, I mean, it's equally as ridiculous as you know. Uh, Mrs. Hughes and Lady Mary both essentially saying the same thing to Mr. Uh, Mr. Barrow, like, oh, you gotta leave, you get to live your authentic life. We're talking about the 1930s. A lot of gay people still can't leave, live an authentic life in America. You know, you can be fired for being gay if you're a teacher in a lot of places, uh, at, at like a Catholic school or something. It's fucked up. Uh, and it's ridiculous that <laughs> this English, this English family is quite, quite, what the arist the aristocrats they're quite progressive but uh, I I'm not gonna complain you know Barrow Barrow's friend from from last I was supposed to say last season from the last film I mean their kiss I I cried um I actually I I did cry a little bit I didn't cry when the Dowager died. that was so stupid you have Danker D D Danker's back we have no Sprat which is really upsetting uh. I, I talk with Jeremy Swift, the actor who plays Brett, sometimes in in uh, on Twitter DM. He's a he's a great guy. Uh, he's he wasn't in either movie, which I, you know, whatever. He's in. He got nominated for an Emmy on Ted Lasso, so he's on to bigger, better things. Uh, it's sad that we didn't get to see Spratt because he was kind of an unsung hero of the show's later years. But and so is Denker. Uh, frankly, I, I I can't say that I'm sad that that Jeremy got to uh, dodge the b bullet that is this this absolute shitty movie. Um, cause Dan Danker, 
she was just kind of thrown in because they don't have scenes in the dowager, the the dower house. The dowager is living at Downton again because she's ill. We we never learned what her illness was. We learned that Cora might have cancer. Cora got misdiagnosed, Doctor Clarkson says, which is the exact same thing that Lord Merton was, uh, you know, potentially dying of. He's. I wish that a lot of the characters had been used in a way that Lord Merton was in this film, which is he's around, he's there, he got his paycheck. And he, frankly, was pretty irrelevant. Like, last last movie, his highlight was he helped when uh, it was raining and they had to set up the chairs. Uh, he went out in the rain with Mosley and Lord Grantham, and Tom was Tom was off with his assassination plot. <laughs> God, that was ridiculous. I mean, the Fellows, Julian Fellows is not a perfect writer. There are a lot of really dumb plot lines that happen, the bit, and he recycles things, uh... The illness uh, in the show with the Bates murders. I mean, we didn't need an assassination attempt on the king. It was a weird plot line to put Tom Branson in. Branson, I mean, the whole idea of giving Sibby the villa was pretty much just solely designed to uh, give him something to do, just like the Dowager having Isabel go through her papers so that everybody... I mean, it's this great suspense that, that maybe... Maybe, maybe she was impure. Maybe Robert's a bastard. You know, her chest, her, her, her virginity was impure before marriage. I mean, this is all pure tan. I mean, what are people supposed to be upset about that? In the same sentence as it's like, oh, Barrow, you get to find, you get to, you get to have a husband. Like, yay, yay, we're gonna be progressive about this. And oh, maybe, maybe the idea that that Maggie Smith was a trollop seventy years ago. Oh no, oh no, how horrible. I mean. This was the third act of the movie. It was so fucking stupid. I mean, I mean Madame Montmiral, the widow, she's she's literally only there to be a villain and is cartoonishly unpleasant for the whole, re- just so the show can create drama. They make a plot line out of like, who gets the, impro- they, they have lawyers, who gets the property, you know, we don't care. We have many other villas. I mean, it was the that whole trip was just first world problems, and, and, and they had to, they had to like the is Robert a bastard? Is Cora sick? You know, for whatever reason, Lady Bagshaw has come too. It's all gasoline on the fire of just raging stupidity. This movie was way too much like Sex in the City too. You have the exotic location that is only there to give people something to do because you can't think of anything else for them to. I mean, I, I don't know. We had some sweet parts. Mosley finally proposing to Baxter. I mean, Baxter is, is, is really not not one of the great characters that we had. You know, she had her, she had her uh, thievery plot line, and she was able to te- te- testify in the whole uh, Anna, the whole Anna, maybe Anna's the murderer in the, the show's later. I mean, it's just... Very stupid. That was very sweet. It was, again, fan service, but seeing Mosley... I mean, Mosley has probably had a, as rough a patch as anybody. Or, they got downgraded to footman. I, I've complained about this in other episodes, how stupid that was. But, I mean, you know what? He got his glow up, and he got his girl, and now, if, you know, Mosley, he's going to get paid a lot of money as a screenwriter. I mean, okay. That's that's fun. Um, Cora still gets... I mean, Cora. I, I, I kind of thought that they were going to pull a bait and switch. I knew there would be a funeral. I'd heard some spoilers. I, I, I had heard that the Dowager would die, and I assumed that was probably going to be the case. Uh, I I was not 
unconvinced that they weren't just going to kill Korra too. She had nothing to do. She really did. She had nothing to do. A lot of these people have had nothing to do. Uh, Edith had nothing to do. Edith did have probably the best single story arc of anybody in the sixth season. So the idea that she kind of had to play a backseat role in this movie, I mean, it's just okay. Edith, I mean, you don't you don't sit down at your seat in the movie theater waiting for a new Downton Abbey movie thinking to yourself, oh, I really, really need to see what, what Edith is up to. I mean, to some extent, you're excited to see the whole gang, but... I mean, I, I wish this movie had done a better job picking a handful of the characters it wanted to highlight versus... I mean, why did... Why, why was Mr. Mason around? Mr. Mason is is probably the show's best semi-recurring character who pops up every once in a while. I mean, he really is... He, he generally, until the final season, typically only made one or two uh, appearances a year, usually to kind of try to give Daisy some guidance. And, and Daisy, as far as the downstairs characters go, Daisy and two... Had she not been involved in all of the murder plot lines, Anna as well, but Daisy, Daisy had such a great, rich arc from scullery maid to, you know, second in command of the kitchen, uh, toyed with leaving, decided not to, uh, you know, built a new life with Andy. I mean, it was a little forced at the end, but, uh, I mean, they give her a plot line. She and Andy are having trouble with Mr. Mason. It's all... that whole thing just so contradicted. So Andy spends a lot of the sixth season. He had only made one appearance. Oddly enough, he made his appearance with Denker. They're not really. They they did share the screen a few times. They didn't interact. Like, guess what? I don't care about that. But it's just interesting because uh, the Andy the Andy Barrow Denker plot line in the penultimate episode of the fifth season when they're at uh, Grantham House in London, that was Andy's introduction. He wasn't in the uh, season five Christmas special, but his return was then alluded when Lord Grantham was going to get another footman. We also have Albert, who was a hall boy in the sort of the tail end of the show, who did kind of get promoted to footman last movie. Now he seems to be a full footman. He had a couple lines. I don't know. Characters like that, it's nice. It's nice. It's it, it, we, we call this a new era. Downton Downton is is moving forward. It's it, it's not closing and not everybody's leaving. So it it is nice that there are some people who are still moving up the ladder. It was alluded to that Car- Carson's coming back. I mean that he he was supposed to leave cuz he had a tremor in his hand and he couldn't be butler anymore. And now all of a sudden, I mean neither movie mentioned that. And okay, it's a movie. You don't have to, you know, leave the guy. That that I'm that I'm perfectly fine with. But I mean, it's just silly. The thing's just gone backwards. The kind of the problem for both films: the show ends, Barrow is Butler, but the status quo of Downton Abbey as a show is Carson's Butler. So when you return to the movies, you don't really want to have Barrow be the Butler. You want Carson to kind of shift back into that role. So you do kind of need to undo some of what you were kind of building toward as a series, toward the finale, because you then have to give these people some plot lines. Kind of like how Andy, Andy wants to be a farmer. He's supposed to train under Mr. Mason. He's supposed to be kind of Mr. Mason's, uh, you know, replacement for for William, who died in the second season and was uh, was Daisy's first husband. 
for a hot minute. Uh, that was one of the sweeter. I I didn't like William at all as a character. He he just he he's just very white. He and Alfred are very similar. They're just bland. You know, a Jimmy or a Barrow is a much more interesting character. But uh, you can kind of lump Andy in that regard too. But Andy and Mister Mason got to have a kind of sweet plot line, and then in the film. They have them all be angry. They're all on top of each other in a house, which is really, I mean, come on. That's such a first world problem. The idea that these people are upset. They have to share. They're taking over the farm lease. They're trying to pawn Mr. Mason off on Miss Patmore. It just, you know what? I get it. They have to figure out something for these characters to do. But I I think, I think we're all kind of kidding ourselves if, if this is a very satisfying plot line. I mean, Mrs. Hughes didn't get a lot to do. I mean, she she rarely does. She had a health scare early on in the show, and uh, then she spent the final season being braided by Carson for not keeping a great house. And now, I don't know. This the 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 film plotline was was the filming plotline, I should say, not not the film plotline as in the plotline of the film. I don't know. I mean, having Mary dub the lines, it, it seemed odd. I mean, to some extent, it seemed odd that all the servants are, like, jumping in. However, they probably would, and they also... They never really alluded it to the film, but it was... Then They didn't explicitly state it, and Fellows explicitly states a lot of things, like, Carson's really hot. We have to go through this a bunch of times. Why is Carson here in the villa? We have to mention that several times. And yet, they don't mention... You know, in in the coercion of Mary to decide to to dub in the lines, like the the process of getting her to do it, lost on it is is the fact that they're probably not ah they hinted at it a little bit. You know, wh- when they have to convert from a silent to a talkie, it's hinted like okay, production will shut down if not. I think I don't know. Realistically, Mary probably would have needed a little bit more more coercion to join the film. But uh, I don't know. They, they did. They got to show some of the footage, uh, old timey black and white of 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 them like actually filming, and that was usually uh, Mosley disrupts one one of the scenes, and then uh, his lordship and uh, Cora disrupt the other. I mean, Maggie Maggie Smith gets some one liners. She's she's only kind of there to die. It's th- this movie's called The New Era, and a lot of it a lot of it is centered around the death of the Dowager, and they have this. And uh, wait, just unnecessary scene at the end, montage, they go through everybody grieving, and they're walking, and I'm looking, and it's like, okay, Maggie Smith is, generally speaking, a movie with Maggie Smith is a better proposition than a movie without Maggie Smith. We can all kind of acknowledge that that is true as a generalization. As an actualization, in Downton Abbey, A New Era, it probably would have made way more sense to kill her, and frankly, to have either Henry divorce Mary, that is the thing that happened back then, it's not so scandalous, they're basically, I mean, is that, that, that probably would have been a hell of a lot better than Mary's, un- she has to be in an unhappy marriage, she can't be happy, he's never around, he's never around, he has to film other things, he, he had to film a Discovery of Witches, he had to film that show The Offer, which is on Paramount Plus, I mean, it just, there's no point in having him around as a character if he's never going to be in the movies. The show's not coming back, this movie. I mean, these these movies are all that's left. If he's not going to be in them, have them split up. 
don't have scenes where she's talking to Hugh Dancy's character, where she's talking to Jack Barber, and maybe they'll kiss, maybe they won't. Let him kiss! Who the fuck cares? I don't know. I'm sitting there, so much of it. Like, I can put up with them giving a couple scenes with Tom and Lucy saying, oh, we're so happy, you know, obligatory mention of Sybil, that happens all the time. Okay. Like, that's not really the worst thing in the world. It's not. But there's that. There's the stupid Patmore plot line. There's Cora Healthcare. Lady Bagshaw needs needs plot lines, apparently. We've gotta have we've gotta have Dr. Clarkson, we've gotta have Mr. Mason, we've gotta have Lady Rosamond. And we've also gotta throw lip service at Edith and Bertie. There's too much lip service. There's too much of this movie given to, to just stupidity. And like who like everybody's in the room. The da- the Dowager is I mean, Maggie Smith is having like like She's having no trouble breathing. She's speaking fluently. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, by the way, be quiet. I'm going to die. It's, it was very hard not to just sit there and laugh at the whole thing because it was stupid. I mean, that's just kind of like, ah. Uh, and to think, to think like, to think like all of that's happening. Barrow's having his teas with, with Guy Dexter. Got a couple scenes that, that are basically just the same thing over and over again. There's no momentum. They don't kiss. I mean, okay. I, I didn't really care that they didn't kiss. It was kind of, it was, it was just kind of cute in, in, in some kind of way. The Miss Pen- I don't, who, who ended last movie saying, gee, you know, that would have been better if, if Mrs. Patmore had ended up with Mr. Mason. I mean, the final season of the show, Tom is supposed to marry, uh, is, they're hinting at something with uh, Edith's editor. When they had to mention the paper a lot, Edith is is back to work again. I mean, I don't know. Why do we have to have a movie that has so much just check in, mundane checking in with people? Like, is this a really, is this a great justification for having a, like, for the existence of this film that, that we have to, that we have to just kind of check in with all of these people? Because, I mean, at its core, it had a decent plot. If they hadn't done the villa stuff, if the dowager... I mean, in the third act of the movie, you're kind of waiting for them to say, hey, you know, we spent season five with the Prince Krogan. And you've got the dowager on her deathbed being like, well, if Prince Krogan and this guy had merged, I mean, I wouldn't be able to... I mean, she already said with the other... Like, the Marquis, like, if, if, if I'd been tempted again, I wouldn't have been able to resist. I mean, how much of the film... I mean... How much of the Dowager's plotline has got to be about all of these flings that she had with people who weren't her husband? I mean, it's it's impossible to go back to the first season of the show with all of the struggle over, oh, we've got to marry Mary to Matthew, and we've got to contest this will, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. I mean, it's just, it's a, I don't want to say it's a betrayal of the Dowager to have this villa plotline, but it's not really the best use of anyone's time. It's not the best use of the film's time. That, that. I don't know. I mean, and it was just awkward. They're going to visit somebody's villa, which is being contested. <sighs> None of it should sit well with anyone. I mean, they also mention, hey, wouldn't it have been smart if you had come to England so you could have met the Dowager? And it's like, no, the guy wants to meet his supposed brother. I don't know. I don't know. And I hate, I hate, there was nothing more. I mean, I, 
I I've loved Downton. I've I've I could I could sit here and and do like hour long podcasts on every single character and their arc and all the fun stuff and I, w- I would love it. Frankly, whenever I think about oh you know we need to do more Ezra Illusion episodes, what are we gonna do? Let's do more Downton Abbey character study. I love this world. I love these characters. It's so like I I was sitting. I go to the movies all the time and I. I was sitting as the previews were happening, just so excited for everything to start. I mean, I'm a film critic. I, I in a lot of ways, seeing a movie, no matter the hype, is is just kind of going through the motions. Like we're getting a new Top Gun. I'm seeing a new Top Gun in a few days, and uh, yeah, that's the first time in 30 years. I'm not feeling like that kind of hype. Downton Abbey, it's just so exciting. You get to you get this. It it should be such a treat to spend another two hours with these characters. And, and, and practically throughout so much of the runtime, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself the whole time, is this really all they could come up with? Is this all they had for these people? Just, just this, this, this sliver. It was just so much wasted time on, on things that 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 just didn't amount to much. The show ended in such a good spot for all this. And it, it ended in a way that was kind of open-ended. You know, Pat Moore was still... I mean, Mrs. Hughes, Mrs. Pat Moore, Daisy, Andy, Barrow. Uh, Mosley was was going to be, like, part-time, semi-returning to Footman for big events. Like, they, they had it all set up. It was, it was set up perfectly for that first movie to kind of capitalize, hit a very soft reset, put everything back together, you know, give, give Barrow his little adventure with... Uh, with the guy to, you know, to keep him busy, and, uh, this was just, you know, everybody's drifting apart, and then all of a sudden, hey, let's give, let's try and give resolution to everybody. Like, the Daisy, like, having Daisy and Andy have fights with Mr. Mason was such a, just, awkward way to handle last last movie's plot line which was like you know do i want to marry him or not oh he loves me he loves me i mean that was a sweet little contained thing to do with daisy this um i don't want to use the word unnecessary season six of downton was probably unnecessary the first movie was fundamentally unnecessary the show had been wrapped up necessity Necessity with regard to entertainment is not something that we always have to add. We, we don't always have to factor that into the equation. You just don't. A thing can exist as entertainment. And to a lot of people, maybe not the people who are listening to this podcast 40 minutes in, but maybe wanted to check it out and then decided, hey, you know, this person... I, I don't want to sit here and be negative about it the whole time, but I'm... but. From my perspective, sitting in the movie theater watching this, you're kind of like looking up at the screen being like, is, is this all we've got for these people? Or like, why do we have to scrape the barrel so much? They're in 1928. They're making a movie. That should be fun. It was fun. It was just so dragged down by all this, just the weight of the series that, that the show, I mean, this film didn't need, didn't need to carry all that weight. It didn't need to find all of these random ass, a, just complete asides of subplots, and I, you know, I'm somebody who makes a lot of asides, but I'm I'm podcasting. I'm not making a big. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm making a movie that's gonna make a hundred million dollars at the box office. Obviously, there's gonna be a market for Downton Abbey movies when the show ended, and, and, and I I can't help but look at the way that the the decisions that the show made. They didn't. They didn't plan well at all for this movie. It it wasn't set up well. 
And it didn't need to double as a second finale. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why all of this stuff happened. I guess that's that's really what I'm struggling with. Because there were slivers of a great movie. And this isn't going to be the last Downton Abbey movie. The question is, like, do we have to have these movies where our, our primary objective is just trying to cover the spread as much as possible, find find all this find all these things for people to do that that don't really need it. I mean, a movie is not a television show. You can't you can't take eight. I mean, it's more than that. They do. You you can't take ten hours of television. That's basically what the last season was because the last two episodes were basically feature length. You can't take ten hours of a TV show and condense it into a feature length movie and cover everything because at the end of the day, a feature film has certain just basic plot mechanics that it has to follow, that you have to go through to, to you know, first act, second act, third act. That's that's how so much of film works. You have to do all of those things. And then on top of that, you have to provide, apparently, satisfactory subplots for basically two dozen supporting characters. That's such a tall order for a two-hour movie to have to juggle all of that stuff. And essentially, two... Dual narratives that have all of these branch subplots under them. You've got the villa and the uh, filming of the movie at Downton. You've split up. You've balkanized. And a lot of a lot of the Christmas specials have done this. You know, when they travel, when they go somewhere, and which they did in uh, the third, fourth, fifth, and they didn't do it in the final Christmas special. But they, they they do know how to go to location, like Dunneagle in the third season. I mean, that's 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 easily. I mean, putting aside the death of Matthew, which I mean ruined a lot of people's Christmas. That is a extremely. That's one of the best episodes of the whole series. It's an extremely effective Christmas special. When they brought Paul Giamatti in uh, for the season four Christmas special, when they go to the sea, really great, really great uh, ending. That was a lot of fun. I mean, they have, they've managed, uh, they, they've done this dynamic before. They've split the cast because, you know, the, the servants will stay behind it down. Some of them will go, the valets, the maids will go, and some will stay behind. You know, they had the fair in the season three one, and Barrow got beat up, and there was a whole making up with Jimmy. That's fun. I mean, they, they've handled this dynamic pretty well in the past, but uh, not here. And I don't know. Robert felt superfluous. Cora often feels superfluous. Uh... It's such a weird dynamic to say, yeah, less Maggie Smith would have been a good thing, and yet at the end of the day, I, I, I can't, I can't really, I can't look at her appearance in this and and think like, hey, you know, this was a really great use of time. This was a great. I don't know. This 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 movie kind of had a misleading premise. It wasn't really Downton Abbey: A New Era. It was kind of Downton Abbey finale part two. By the way, this is a sequel to another movie. I mean, yeah, they ha- they have to include characters from the first movie. They got to bring back the recurring characters from the series that, frankly, nobody really needed to see again. I don't know. I mean, what was what was this movie doing? And I feel like I'm kind of circling around, so it's probably a good time to wrap it up. Um, I don't know. I, this was not the podcast episode. I really yesterday I was worried. I figured enough good would happen that I'd I'd be able to make an engaging podcast that highlighted the good. There was some good. But uh, this movie, it was too preoccupied. It was overstuffed. It, 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 it was too... It, 
it did. It wasn't concerned enough with being a movie. It, it, I, I don't know what the fuck it was doing. I really don't. I really don't understand why this, why this mess had to happen the way it did. Because it didn't. It, it didn't. And uh, I don't know. It, it's sad. I, I don't like. I don't like that. This is what I've uh, sat here and and just shit all over it. But it's the truth. This was this this movie was not good. It wasn't. It could have been so much better. It's probably not the last time we'll see them. I hope I hope I hope when these characters come back, they come back having a better purpose. Which is not to say the first movie had much of a purpose. It really didn't. It was icing on the cake. It was you know, you had the show, you had all this, we resolved it already, but hey, the king is coming to Downton. That's that's all you needed. This could have just been the same way. Hey, film crew, coming to Downton. We had to have Mystery Villa. We had to have Robert Bastard. We had to have Cora Mystery Illness for about five seconds. And God, Hugh, Hugh Bonneville, his crying spell when Cora's like, I might, I'm dying, was, was, it gave him spitting up the blood in the final season a run for its money and just breathtaking stupidity. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 well, I mean, <laughs> This is a good note to end on. Um, I hope to do some more character study on... Uh, I know Tom Branson's been a character we've wanted to do. Mosley's been a character we wanted to do. Henry Talbot's been a character we wanted to do. Daisy's been a character we wanted to do. Lady Mary's a good character to do that for that kind of stuff. A- anything other than this. This... this It was just disappointing. It was lazy. It was... Un- it just... I was bored. I... I for for over a year now, I've been so excited. The idea we're getting some more down. It was so sad. The final the final season. It was a Christmas. You know, you're you're sitting there and it's bittersweet. You're so excited. It's a finale, and all I could think about from then on was like, gee, I would really love some more time with these characters. And uh, then I got some more time with the characters, and and frankly, I felt bored. And that they it's just not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling to be. To see all these people you, you spend all this time with, you love. I love going back to the show. When I, when the last movie came out, I was, uh, I had just, literally, I think two days after it came out, I had to go off hormones ahead of my bottom surgery, so I went to see it again, and the last episode we recorded, I was actually off hormones, I was basically going through transgender menopause, I was been off hormones, I had no energy, and yeah, I had all the energy in the world to talk about this thing that I really loved, the last movie. And it, it 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 just brings back so many happy memories. And this to to think that a sequel, which I guess you kind of expect, you know, light li- lightning can only strike twice so many times. I mean, if it's striking again, I guess it would be the third time. <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Uh, but I also just don't have to. I don't know. It. it the idea that this movie was going to inevitably be not as... To some extent, it's true that this movie was probably not going to be as good as the last one. But it, I, you don't have to fundamentally accept that. Because at the end of the day, this this film was... The execution was extremely lazy. And I guess, above all else, above all else, that that's what I really am bothered by. So, you know, on that note... God, I'm sorry. If you've listened to the end of this episode, I'm sorry that I had to... I, I feel terrible that... Uh, I had to kind of do this episode, but it wasn't good. This was not a good movie. It wasn't. So we'll do more Downton. We'll, you know what? We'll we'll do more upbeat Downton coverage at a later date. But uh, for now, ay yay yay yay! What a mess! What an unfortunate. God, I don't know. That's a good note to end on.
Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.